NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com and Napa Valley College Now. Like many educational institutions, the idea of shared governance is an important part of how they operate. Here at Napa Valley College, the Academic Senate is a key component of that. It has a key voice at the table regarding the operations and future of Napa Valley College. This year, heading the Academic Senate is Art History Professor Amanda Badgett. She joins us today along with the first Vice President of the Academic Senate, Maria Villa Gomez, a Professor of Spanish and Modern Language Coordinator. It is my pleasure to welcome them both here to Napa Valley College now. Amanda, Maria, thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you both here. Amanda, you've been uh, President of the Academic Senate just a few months now. Talk a little bit about your decision to really want to get involved in the Academic Senate, first of all, in addition to your responsibilities as, as an art history professor. Um, well, I uh, prior to my uh, deciding to run for the Senate president position, I had served as the faculty chair of the Curriculum Committee, which is um, one of our Academic Senate committees and one that... Um, was a, a challenging and, and demanding job, but one that um, once I had sort of gotten over some of the rather steep learning curve, I really did enjoy uh, both being able to work with my colleagues and also um, take a look at how we do things at the college because curriculum, for example, gets brought to the board of trustees. That is part of our process once it's gone through the approvals in mm -hmm. the Senate. And so um, it, 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 as a committee, was a kind of intersection of many instructional issues but also issues of compliance and governance. And so when that tenure had come to an end, I guess I thought, I would give the Senate president, uh, presidency a, a stab. So here I am. <laughs> and Maria, talk a little bit about what brought you to your, your involvement. I had been part of the Academic Senate Executive Board years ago. And uh, when I learned that Amanda Badgett was deciding or was thinking about running for president, I had worked with her before on the curriculum committee. And so I thought it would probably be it was it was tempting to work with her to continue to work with her in a different capacity mm -hmm. tell us a little bit amanda what the academic senate is it's an important part of this idea and we'll talk more about the, the notion of shared governance but talk about the academic senate who constitutes it what is its mission so the Academic Senate um, became uh, a kind of fixture, if you will, at the, com the community college system in the state um, as a result of AB 1725. And here we're talking about the charge of the Academic Senate as articulated by, you know, the Board of Governors. And, and here it's everything uh, pertaining to curriculum, to evaluation of our faculty colleagues to program improvement and this whole sort of group of responsibilities known um, lovingly as the 10 plus 1. And so here at the college we, um, we are a senate of the whole and in that we are somewhat unusual. Uh, many campuses, especially larger uh, campuses have 
a representative Senate, but here, the Senate of the whole means that any faculty is a full member of the Senate, and we have associate members, which are part-time faculty, and everyone's invited to come to our business meetings, which we hold twice a month, and um, and help deliberate, discuss, and take action on whatever might be on a given agenda. So again, the kinds of issues that we as a group are grappling with have to do with everything from you know approving curriculum, coming back to my mm-hmm. previous responsibility, but also taking a look at. Uh, policies that uh, that kind of determine how we, for example, how do we evaluate a brand new faculty member or how do we uh, determine uh, if somebody meets minimum qualifications to teach a certain class. These are the kinds of issues that are directly related to instruction and to uh, um, achieving and maintaining a, a, a level of rigor and Um, consistency in the instruction that we provide um, to our students. Talk a little bit about how it works being open to everybody as opposed to being representative because it it seems on the surface at least that by being open to everybody it's open to those with the loudest voices oftentimes and not necessarily a clear representative sample. Talk about that that notion. Well that characterization would not be far off um, in as much as with any open body like that, yeah, you have got um, the dynamic of the louder voices, the people, you know, there are individuals who feel very strongly about certain things and other matters don't, you know, don't seem pressing to them. And so you might have people coming in and out. Um, And We have, as a Senate, in the last, I would say, it's been within the last five years, considered possibly, if you will, sort of shoring up a little bit and considering going to a representational um, body, and we were a representative body, um, and that may arise again as a possibility. But... But back to your original point, it is complicated, and certainly conducting a meeting can be a complicated, uh, I mean, again, I've I've only been in for a month in in terms of conducting the business meetings, but um, there, my hope is, and I don't know, I think this, this skill is going to have to be honed over time. My hope is to allow the other voices, the quieter voices, to be able to speak to an issue, be able to voice their own um, opinions, because, um, to be frank, faculty like to talk, and some <laughs> faculty like to talk a lot. And <laughs> so it's, I feel like, it, in, in part, it's my job to, to manage that meeting in such a way that there is sufficient time, and I'm working very hard and with my, the help from uh, Maria and my other executive officers, to make meetings more efficient so those quieter voices, those not necessarily in your face Mm -hmm. personalities can also have their say. Maria, talk a little bit in in your experience as part of it, even a a brief one, some of the issues, some of the debates, some of the things that that get talked about within that framework. Obviously, curriculum is one, as as Amanda mentioned, but talk about some of the other issues that have come before uh, the Senate. The issues that have come to the Senate for discussion um, slash information items and action items are all 
related to what we call the 10 plus 1. And the 10 plus 1 are the responsibilities that faculty senates should focus on um, uh, in the context of shared governance. So things like processes and um, structures of the college are examples of other of topics that we discuss at these Senate meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, others are more specifically can be, you know, related to a state initiative, for example, that will affect instruction, like basic skills, et cetera, AB 86, et cetera, et cetera. And so some are just, you know, some are ongoing issues and others are mandates, regulations that um, are placed upon us and mm-hmm. to which we must speak. Within that context, Amanda, talk about the nexus between the Academic Senate and the administration and the Board of Trustees. Well, um, we, uh, or I should say, I suppose, where to begin? Um, Marie and I, as the president and first vice president, have regular meetings with first the vice president of instruction. As in his role, Terry Juni is our administrator most directly mm-hmm. working on the very things we are as well. So ideally it's a collaborative kind of partnership in which we can bring to him uh, concerns, uh, perhaps having to do with um, uh, if, if the district, or if you will, the administration mm-hmm. has proposed a certain committee makeup, we can, we can bring – take that opportunity as the first VP and the president to come and say, okay, we got some concerns. Can we talk about it? We, um, and then kind of hash out uh, where there might be sort of differing points of view. So there are those regular meetings. And then we have established uh, mutual agreement meetings, which again, Maria and I meet at this point with the president and um, as well as the vice president of instruction. And there we are, um, one of the main purposes of mutual agreement is when policy has come through our constituency and has been approved. And policy could be uh, having to do with the prerequisites you attach to a course, which has a significant mm-hmm. impact on who can take a course, for example. You know, if you put an English prerequisite on a course, that very much will alter or impact, shall we Uh say, who's going to be able to take that course. So let's say that a prereq policy has been forged at in the committee that's that's charged with such things, which is our academic standards and practices. It then comes to um, first our Senate exec, which are all the committee chairs and my elected officers, and then we bring it to the larger Senate. Then if it's approved, it goes to mutual agreement. And there is the intersection of administration and academic senate sitting at a table together saying, are we good with this? Yes. And then it becomes policy. So that is a very, you know, that's an essential place of um, intersection. Then, as I know you know, at the Board of Trustees meetings, monthly meetings, I, along with my um, colleagues and their representative uh, in their senates and uh, associations, we sit at the table and can address the board directly. And again, this is a, I'm from the East Coast, and this is a a fairly 
in the context of the, that, a fairly extraordinary um, uh, responsibility to be able to address directly the Board of Trustees regarding what my constituents are feeling about any given issue. And so those are essential kind of places of contact mm-hmm. and communication. And what other organizations within the governance structure of the college, what other organizations do you come in contact with and impact with? Well, I would, the the first I would uh, present to you is the faculty association, um, the union, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, they um, are, you know, because we are sin of the whole, our constituents overlap fairly. Uh, consistently and as such, um, it is to the benefit of our colleagues as well as students and, and everyone on the campus if we work well together. Uh, certainly there are campuses in the state where the association, the Senate, are at loggerheads. And um, and the advantage of being in these kind of leadership positions, you do go to regional meetings, mm-hmm. to larger statewide meetings and you hear how things happen at other schools and sometimes many times for me you go wow it gives you a context and you realize well we've got really you know we've got very strong relationships Mm -hmm. established here and I my hope is that that continues between me and um, Diana Shabodi who is the academic uh, excuse me the faculty association president Mm -hmm. To what extent are there issues that really become really logjams in all of this? And we don't have to talk about any of them specifically, but but how does it work when there is a, a disagreement there? Well, um, without getting into specifics, um, th- there are times when um, the association may be negotiating something mm-hmm. that has direct bearing on a Senate matter, and that and so that could have that could relate to the evaluation of faculty um, or hiring, you know, a hiring process. Mm -hmm. And so in those cases, the hope is that before it becomes something at the table that's a point of conflict, that this has all gotten ironed out between the two bodies via their executives. I want to talk in a broader sense how all of this that we've been talking about, and, and I'd like you both to talk a little about this, really addresses the issue, the phrase that we hear so often within this institution and and similar institutions of shared governance and what that really means. Amanda, start with you. Oh, okay. Well, again, I I would make reference to um, a context I knew very well uh, growing up. My my father is a professor at a military college, which uh, in Virginia, which is absolutely top down governance there you know the the president who goes by the uh, title superintendent is typically you know a multi-star general so there (laughs) the idea of shared governance is not alive on that you know it really is a kind of military (laughs) sort of hierarchical uh, structure that's what I knew anecdotally I did not attend there but anecdotally that's what I knew college uh, structure to be the kind of administrative structure. Um, Moving out here in 2000, and then I began teaching part-time at the college in 2003, and then became full-time in 2008, um, I had the opportunity to see, actually, 
um, in, you know, in play, what it is to have an entity, the college, um, operate with input from those stakeholders, which is a term often used, those who have stake in the successful operation of the college. And what I saw when I first came in um, was a was a, a really good kind of interaction um, between faculty and administration and um, and fact and, and, and the college and the board and there there I saw kind of again in action a, a sense that input mattered and large decisions were made having, brought everybody in, not every single, but representatives of constituent groups in on the conversation. And that by doing that, you tend to head off difficulties later when somebody says, hey, but wait. And so um, certainly the system as it lives here was quite different than what I had thought college would be and uh, from a kind of administrative point of view. Maria, talk a little bit about the the notion of shared governance as you see it. Yes, in my opinion, shared governance is is an opportunity for the faculty to not only make decisions that will impact student success, but more importantly, to take responsibility for the decisions that we're making um, and and, uh, the, the impact that those decisions are having on our students, always with the idea that our processes can improve to assist our students in 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 their goals and achieving personal or academic goals. Always, always with that idea in the back of my mind to to assist them. How do we better our processes, et cetera, et cetera? So shared governance, we I personally take it very seriously, and I believe the faculty. Um, at Napa Valley College are very serious about what that means and that opportunity and we don't take it for granted and we are willing to sit at the table with other stakeholders and make good decisions and good policy for our students. Talk a little bit about where the students fit into this larger framework. We've talked about the board, the administrators, the the academic senate, the faculty association, a lot of the elements that are part of this. Where do the students fit into the equation? Because the agendas are not always the same, obviously. Maria, start with you. The students are part of the entire, you know, equation in my in my opinion. All of the the responsibilities that the academic senate has the opportunity to provide input towards are related to student success, uh, some more directly than others, but they're all related to student success. You know, the decisions about prerequisites and which degrees we offer and certificates and uh, curriculum development and the role of faculty and teaching methodologies, all of that is related to our Senate responsibilities and thus impacts students in the classroom throughout their experience at Napa Valley College and beyond. I would say. Mm -hmm. Amanda? And I would, um, I I completely agree with what Maria said, and I would add that from a kind of structural point of view, um, the associated students of Napa Valley College are their own constituent group, and um, they have a seat at the table. There's a student trustee, and then there's a rep from their organization 
in the board of trustee meetings. And then committees have, I think all of our Senate committees and maybe our uh, district committees as well, have a designated spot for students. There may be exceptions, but many of them do. I know curriculum did. Mm-hmm. And so if, if so inclined, students can come sit and help deliberate uh, issues that come before uh, the Senate committees. And I guess I can't speak to whether all of them uh, allow a vote or not, but that may be down to the specific committees. But there is there's structurally an opportunity for that intersection between student and, and the faculty governance to, to take place, and that's at the committee level. And our business meetings, the Senate business meetings, are public. Anyone can come, and students um, have come sometimes just to observe. Sometimes students come and bring um, particular issues that are uh, – that are determined to be, you know, pressing to them that they want us to know about or even comment on. So, what if any negatives do you see with this many layers of governance? What experience has there been in terms of things that that really have functioned more slowly, perhaps, as a result of so many layers and so much shared governance? Well, you, you just hit it. We don't <laughs> we don't do things quickly around here, <laughs> and when efforts are made to do things too quickly, they tend to get stopped in their tracks. Um, it, and it's simply because, you know, shared governance is, is uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's not always the most efficient way to do things. However, um, I don't think, for the most part, faculty would be willing to sort of let that go in the name of efficiency or um, expedience. Um, I would say uh, that that putting that aside, there are times when uh, the we kind of coming back to a point made a little bit ago. Um, in as much as we open ourselves to all input, it can get somewhat muddled sometimes. In my position, I have the unenviable job of trying to be the voice of the faculty, and that faculty are 99 pretty opinionated, uh, very intelligent people who, you know, uh, for me to be able, it would be absurd to suggest that I can speak for them all. But um, at, at the same time, I think to at least make the effort to get feedback and then be able to bring that to the administration, to the Board of Trustees, is an essential, crucial part of my job. So as messy as it is, it's important. And I guess, you know, I would say that part of what I have to do is take the the kind of bulk of (laughs) the data and try to find the threads, find find Mm -hmm. the the kind of veins of... of, um, consistency. Maria, are there any parts of it that you wished worked differently? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I don't I don't think so. I think that I am satisfied with the structures, the shared governance structures that we have at the college because I believe that they have become layered and they've become what some would call complex um, due to the importance of the decisions that are at stake. Um, Making decisions about instruction, making decisions about how to positively impact student success are not easy decisions to make. 
um, especially when we have, you know, state budget cuts, et cetera, et cetera, to also consider. Um, so I maybe if I thought about it some more, but at the moment I, I, I think that what we have now um, is working for us. Um, Napa Valley College was recently named one of the best colleges. So, you know, I think we're in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Amanda, I want to come back to something you were talking about a minute ago in terms of of really your job in in giving voice to all of these different opinions and all of these different personalities. To what extent, and if this is based on, you know, what you've seen over the years and your experience, to what extent is the Academic Senate then to, to some degree a function of the leadership that it has, the ability of, of whoever's president, you this year and, and perhaps Maria in future years, to be able to, to find those threads and to articulate all those varying voices? Well, as with any organization, um, uh, the, the principles of the, of the structure can be shaped by the personality in the position. And um, I would say that um, our, pre- our Senate presidents over the years have had some pretty big tasks that given the structure, it was for them to present to the board, present to the administration concerns on the part of the faculty. And of course, based on who's sitting in the chair in that position, that was done in very, in, a, in a whole host of different ways. And so I think that makes it very much like any other organization. And the hope would be is that regardless of who's in that seat with president sign attached to it, that that person is going to consider the, um, consider that job, a, in a sense, a collaborative one. Yes, it's that person is the voice to the board, the voice, um, sometimes the lone voice to the administration. But the way I see it is I have um, elected officials, which are two vice presidents and a secretary and a treasurer. And then I have my, the executive committee, which is composed of chairs of all the Senate committees in the two district committees, planning and budget. I have, uh, by virtue of how we've structured things on this campus, I have a really great body of colleagues to bounce ideas off of. And so while, um, again, the person sitting at the table is the voice that is filling the Board of Trustees room or what, whatever the venue is, the hope is that there is a kind of um, regular working and, and conversation with both the elected officers and the, the exec to, to get feedback, to hone ideas, to, to clarify points. I mean, that's just how I am. I, I work best when I have somebody, somebody's to work with. And, you know, um, I mean, I was hired to be a professor, and I, I see it as something quite distinct from my being a professor. Um, when I'm in a classroom, the structure of the class, the content of the day's uh, lecture and discussion is up to me. I, I, I shape all of that. And while there's some degree of that in this job, I would 
though add a, a, another layer, which is, you know, calling up my first vice president, calling up my second vice president, getting the elected officers together to say, okay, so what do you, you know, what do you think about this? How, how might we move forward with this? I think that's how I see the position, but clearly those that have come before me, you know, a myriad of different ways of approaching it. But our structure speaks to collaboration. Well, I thank you both very much for coming in and sharing a lot of this with us. Really great. Amanda Badgett, Maria Gomez. thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.